Justitiam tuam non absconti in corpus. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. The feast of Pope Saint Gregory the Great, falling today in the midst of Lent, brings joy to the whole Church and in a special way to the sons of St. Benedict. It is to St. Gregory the Great that we owe the life of our father St. Benedict, recounted, as you know, in the second book of the Dialogues. We begin today also a series of, I like to call them patriarchal feasts. We have four patriarchs, one after the other. Today, Pope St. Gregory, and then on March 17th, St. Patrick, we might call him Patriarch of the Irish, and then on March 19th, St. Joseph, and on the 21st, our Father, St. Benedict, Patriarch of the Monks of the West. Like St. Paul, St. Gregory had a passion for preaching, for preaching the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ. For we preach not ourselves, but Jesus Christ our Lord, and ourselves your servants through Jesus. Saint Gregory the Great takes his place not only with Saint Patrick, Saint Joseph, and Saint Benedict, but also among the fathers of the Church, alongside of Saint Ambrose, and St. Augustine, and St. Leo the Great. St. Gregory is a father in the power of the Holy Ghost, sowing the seeds of contemplation, even today, by means of his writings. The writings of St. Gregory allow us to hear his voice and to thrive on his teaching. Thus does he continue to help us to grow up in Christ. St. Gregory the Great is the doctor of Lexio Divina. You would do well to invoke Pope St. Gregory when, at the hour of Lexio Divina, you kneel at your desk and kiss the sacred page and begin to read. He's also the doctor of compunction, that Benedictine virtue par excellence, having one's heart pierced by the two-edged sword of the Word of God. And he is the doctor of contemplation. If you would grow in that quiet waiting upon God, invoke Pope Saint Gregory. Gregory became a monk, a disciple, in the school of our holy patriarch, St. Benedict, not without a struggle. It wasn't easy for him to leave everything behind and become a monk. He writes, even after I was filled with heavenly desire, I preferred to be clothed in secular garb. A very humble confession. Long-standing habit 
so bound me that I could not change my outward life. Finally, I fled all this with anxiety and sought the safe haven of the monastery. Having left behind what belongs to the world, and he adds parenthetically, as I mistakenly thought at the time, I escaped naked from the shipwreck of this life. St. Gregory was acutely aware of his own fragility. St. Paul reveals the soul of Gregory. We have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency may be of the power of God and not of us. Benedict in obedience, silence and humility, together with the daily round of the work of God, prepared St. Gregory to become Bishop of Rome, the Supreme Pontiff, and, to use his own expression, the servant of the servants of God. St. Gregory did not, truth be told, live the cloistered life for very long, but it marked him indelibly, almost painfully, and this for life. His talents and learning did not go unnoticed, and so he was sent by Pope Gelasius as a special delegate to Constantinople, where he remained for six years. And upon his return to Rome, he was elected Pope. All his life, Gregory pined after the silence of the monastery. All his life, he lamented that the business of the church consumed him, leaving him with little time for prayer and contemplation. Outwardly, Gregory was all Pope. Inwardly, he was all monk. St. Gregory preached incessantly. He knew that the church would flourish only if the faithful were nourished with the word of God. His homilies and other writings were read and copied and recopied throughout the Middle Ages, and in this way came down to us. St. Gregory continues to feed us with the word of God. He calls us to a heart-piercing, life-changing reading of the scriptures. The saints engender saints. Blessed John Twenty-Third read and reread St. Gregory's rule for pastors so as to better fulfill his own mission as servant of the servants of God. Pope St. Gregory was deeply concerned with the dignity and beauty of the sacred liturgy, and in this way he was a worthy son of St. Benedict. He encouraged the study of liturgical chant and the formation of singers for the glory of God. We do well to seek St. Gregory's intercession at the present time, so that beauty, reverence, and dignity may be restored to the celebration of the holy mysteries and fostered in the Church.
We want also today to pray for England because it was Pope St. Gregory who sent the Roman monk, Augustine, together with 40 others to preach the gospel of Christ in England. St. Gregory had a special affection for the English. And we pray today for the ordinariates established by Pope Benedict XVI for Anglicans returning to full communion with the See of Rome. St. Gregory is the Father in Christ of the Ecclesia Anglicana. Pray that through his intercession the ordinariates may flourish unimpeded in their mission and so accomplish that which Pope Benedict XVI had in view when he made them possible. Saint Gregory the Great, servant of the servants of God, be present to us today as father, shepherd, and teacher. Teach us to sing wisely, that the words on our lips may pierce our hearts, raising us to the love of heavenly things and to the glory of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, now and always and unto the ages of ages.